Welcome to Complete Sports Talk. I'm Dylan. And this is John. And let's do it. NFL Championship Games, NFC, AFC, Niners, baby. I'm telling you, dude, this is going to be a really good game. I'm very excited about this. You got the 49ers, the Packers, and you got the Titans and the Chiefs, dude. It's going to be good. Watch every minute of it, but Aaron Rodgers, just go home. You're not going to win this game. <laughs> just go cry. Go get a pacifier and go cry on the couch. It's not going to happen. It is Aaron Rodgers, and it's the playoffs. So there is nothing that he can definitely do some special things. But last time the 49ers and Packers played, it was 37-8 to San Francisco. And it's not going to be that type of game this time. But the 49ers in that last game did not have their starting linebacker, Quan Alexander. Did not have starting strong safety, Jaquiski Tart. And I just don't see the Packers being able to win this game. It's not going to happen. He had his worst game of 20 of 33, 104 yards, and only a touchdown. You only completed 60% of your passes. But we know what Aaron Rodgers brings in the playoffs. He's 9-7, 36 touchdowns and 10 picks. Because, bro, he hadn't been in the playoffs since I, since I graduated high school in 2016. Back then, you had, what, a year or before after when you released or You graduated high school in 2016? 2016. Come on, bro. 19, really? 1996, baby. My blockbuster was still around. But I'm just kidding. It was. <laughs> it was. <laughs> but, like, it's really... He hasn't been in the playoffs in three or four years, but you know he's the most gifted thrower of the football, but the fact of the matter is he hasn't been in the playoffs since 2016. When the last time you played the 49ers, you played terrible. They're the most fraudulent team in the playoffs right now. They've only played two playoff contending teams, and only one of those people won the division in the 49ers, and you lost 37-8. You played the Vikings, uh, 26-40. That's okay, 65%. Only... Pass for 260. No touchdown and no pick. The last five, six teams, you had the Redskins, the Bears, Vikings were a playoff, but they didn't do much. And Detroit. We all so know they had they what, played one winning team in the last five games, and they've only played a few over the entire season. So they are not – there are a lot of things that would have to happen in order for the Packers to win this game. And Aaron Jones would have to go off. We all know what San Francisco did to Dalvin Cook last week. Avante Adams would have to have an incredible game, 200-plus yards. Really, I mean, who else? Jimmy Graham. I'm, I'm not worried about Jimmy Graham. He, he, might, he, might, he yeah. might make a couple catches. You shut down Devontae Adams and you stop the run, there is nothing they can do. And the 49ers are going to stop the run. I'll give Devontae Adams 100, 125 yards. That's okay. That can just, but 49ers are going to run the ball. They're going to do what they always do. Last week, I've said, I said last week that the 49ers at home are a different team. They play better on the road, and I think it's because they know it's going to be loud. They're more focused. And so getting this first playoff W at home last week, I think, was huge. Garoppolo did not look good. He, had a, he made a horrible pass for an interception. He just didn't, he didn't play a solid game. He's been playing great, hasn't turned the ball over, but he just didn't look as comfortable as he's looked the last half of the season. And I think that was just playoff nerves. First playoff game as a starter. First playoff game at home. Hopefully that's got shaken off. He's ready to go. If you And even if, if he doesn't look good, Shanahan knows what to do. He's going to call some different plays. He's going to get it into Debo's hands and through running, through some reverses, that type of thing. They'll do short passes. Let Kittle run after the catch. Let Debo run after the catch. Sanders will have some catches. So I don't see any way the Packers win this game. 
Well, of course, you know, uh, the Fortnite had the advantage. They have the Kyle Shanahan. Of course, we know who his dad is. They've had very success in the NFL. They have something that almost no other team does. They have what you call triple threat running backs. You have Coleman, Breda, and Raheem Mostert. Dual threat, which means they can run, they can catch, they can pass, they can block. When you have all those guys and utilize all their skill sets and that, that they're fast, and you're still not utilizing, what, frankly, the best tight end in football, there's just no way. Who are you going to stop? Coleman? You're going to stop Raheem Mozart? You're going to stop Breda? And Coleman, Coleman had, had a great game last week. Exactly. And you still have the best blocking tight end in football. There's absolutely no freaking way. What are the Packers going to do? I mean, we all know Fortnite's on paper and on the field have shown I hate to say this kind of Rockets fan, but they're the best team right now in football. Because what they do different and the other teams don't is when their quarterback makes a mistake, they're able to switch around, have the defense play a little bit different or get the ball to the running backs and let Jimmy G figure out what he needs to do. Most most teams have a starting running back, and if you shut him down, then you shut him down. The Niners have Coleman, Mostert, and Brita for the most part, mainly Coleman and Mostert. One of those two get, gets it going. And Mostert has been getting the majority of the carries the last, you know, the good portion of the season. Last week, Coleman came in first. He was playing good. And Mostert only had like 10 carries, and he didn't get the chance to get it going because Coleman did. But if Coleman gets shut down, Mostert, one of those two is going to get it going. So you're going to have 150 yards on the ground no matter what. And if they need more, last week they had a drive where they ran the ball eight times and an eight-play drive for a touchdown. They didn't even pass the ball. They couldn't stop it, so Shanahan's like, all right, until you can stop it, we're going to keep with it. And they had an eight-play drive for a touchdown. Every single one of those plays was a run. Well, then, what do you do? How do you stop a triple threat or a quadruple threat player? Because they can do run and pass, catch, and block. You can either stop them, but you still have the best t- blocking tight end in football who is a monster and is one of the focal points of the offense. Because, obviously, when he was out for three weeks... They still won some of those games, but they didn't play the same. They didn't have the same identity that they had with George. And last week, he didn't have the numbers he normally has because they didn't need it. They just kept running the ball. Like I said, he can block. He can run or block a defender. Like, that's just what he does. He's that – he brings that different identity and energy to this team that probably that they need. And, well, I hate to say it, but four Niners are going to Super Bowl. They're winning this game. Because I know regular season stats do not matter right now. But if we're breaking it down, you had Raheem Mostert, who was the leading rusher this year. And you have him, Coleman, and a little bit of Breda. You can't stop all three because then you still got Kittle. You still got the great veteran tight end in Emmanuel Sanders acquired in a midseason trade. Wide receiver. Sorry, wide receiver. So you got that midseason trade. There's just no way Aaron Rodgers has a chance. I'm sorry. It's just it's not going to happen. So I expect it to be – it's not going to be 37-8, but 40 yards win this game. What do you think? Titans, Chiefs. Okay, I hate to admit this because I know a lot of football, but I was wrong last week. But if we can rewind, <laughs> Chiefs are not going to win this football game. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm sitting here sipping on my Starbucks that I got from that bet there. Oh, let me take a drink of this. <laughs> Man, that's good. You know what? But here's a, here's what the Titans need to do. They need to get the ball first, obviously. We know Derrick Henry is the center of the offense because if you take him away, they're a four and twelve team. They gotta get the ball first, give Henry the ball, but also slow down the clock, run down the clock, so you give Chiefs almost no time to score. 
Because what the Chiefs did last week and the Texans, they got cocky and they didn't play smart. You, they you were up. They were up to big. You were up by three scores, twenty-one zero, and they they just you fell got apart. to twenty-four or twenty-eight. Twenty-four, yeah. exactly. So at that, I was twenty-four. It was twenty to twenty-four. And then the Chiefs scored three touchdowns in three and a half minutes. Exactly, and I was ripping my hair out, and I had to get hair surgery. This is freaking ridiculous. Like you have statistically the best tight end in football, even though George Kittle is the best tight end in football. What he does, he's one of the Kelsey's best. Kelsey's incredible. Though. Kelsey. What he does in the red zone is no like no other tight end. All they do because he you have Kelsey right here, you have Mahomes. What do you think he's gonna do in the freaking red zone? They don't have lane rusher. Their identity's not in the running. It's Patrick Mahomes' arm and Travis Kelsey gives the ball. Kelsey just runs and, it into the end zone. And Tyree Kill is and Tyree Kill good is too, so. it's a freak. But they can they can score the ball. So I don't I don't see I don't see any chance that the Titans win this game. And here's why: what they have to do, Derrick Henry has to go for two hundred yards. And they keep Mahomes off the field. And I think even if they do that, the Chiefs are still going to outscore him. But how are you going to, let's say Tennessee gets the ball first, how are they going to tackle Derrick Henry? He's listed at 6'3". He's not 6'3". He's freaking taller than that. He's a beast. He's a freak. How do you tackle him? Cause you you got to take him out of the legs. Because if you can't, well, they've tried the leg, but he's just, he's, he, for the most part, he has a height advantage over most people. Yeah, but he, so he he can be stopped. But I'm saying even if like they're you know Tennessee's best case scenario, he comes out and goes for 200 yards. Kansas City's still gonna outscore him. So the last Kansas City's last loss was to Tennessee, 35-32 in Week 10. Mm-hmm. And so Tennessee is gonna come in confident. They know they can beat him because they already have. And but since that game, Kansas City kind of hit another level, and I don't see them losing this game. Mahomes is incredible. Kittle is incredible. Tyreek Hill is dang good. And so, Even but Tannehill was still going to, I mean, Tannehill is now 8-3. and three. He was 7-3, and three, so winning the last playoff game, he's 8-3 as a starter. They were 7-4. No, they're 9-4 because they played in the wild card round. They played division, so they're 9-4 and four right now, counting the regular teams, games he played in the regular season right now. Okay. And so he, he's going to have to do, he's going to have to do more than he's ever done this game. Even if Henry goes for 200 yards, if the Chiefs find it, figure out a way to stop Henry and it's all on Tannehill, then it, it could be over quick. Who, who's going to tackle him? You have Frank Clark, Honey Badger, and you got uh, Chris, isn't Chris Jones out for this game? I don't know. I think he's, he's out for the game. And if I'm wrong, what you do, I'm wrong, I admit it. But you that's got, a first. You know what? <laughs> don't even. At least I can admit that I'm wrong. Unlike Skip Bayless, who's a stubborn person, but. You got, what, Tyron Matthew, he doesn't just play one position. He plays all over the field, and that's why the Chiefs brought him in, because they've had a statistically terrible deal last year. They had, what, 30, 31st-ranked defense. So how is he going to be all over the field trying to get Henry? Because you know, you've seen Henry have multiple people try to tackle him at once. He breaks the tackle, and he's off. He's physically dominant. I mean, how do you stop him? I mean, these are NFL players. It's not like he can't be stopped. He can well, be no, stopped. Well, no, he obviously can be stopped, but he hasn't saying, been stopped he, even yet. If he, even if he... Isn't Kansas City's still been outscored? But here's the go back to the regular season when he rushes 19 or more times, they're seven and two, so they can't be beat. But well, they can't. But when he rushes less than 19 times, they're two and five. You have to give him minimum 23 or 24 carries before halftime or after halftime. To have a chance. If you don't get the ball first and the Chiefs get it rolling like they did against the Texans, I 
So I'm he's, sorry, he's, so he's got to get the ball 20-plus times, which means minimum. They, they can't get down. If they get down and are playing catch-up and got to get away from the we run, both that's know what I'm saying. It, can, it could be over early. Because we both know when you're down and you try to run the ball, it doesn't work. Like Lamar Jackson, and obviously <clears throat> we'll talk about that later. There's a lot there. So, I mean, but, we, know, we know the first championship game. This is NFL's 100th season. Yeah. The first championship game, people are – I've seen some people – Posting some stupid stuff on social media. Oh, Super Bowl one was no, not Super Bowl one. There's this hasn't wasn't been even a Super, Super Bowl. Bowls. Yeah. So the first championship game was Packers Chiefs. and Chiefs, mm-hmm. and so I think it'd be hilarious if it ended up being the Forty ers and the Titans. <laughs> Dude, I. But it 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 could be, and really, as if the Niners make it, being a Niner fan, I would rather play Tennessee than Kansas City. Would you know we held Dalvin Cook eighteen yards. Last week, we can stop Henry, we can stop Tannehill, and I mean, Kansas City can just get hot, and they can put up points fast, and I mean, we showed in, the 49ers showed in New Orleans that they can get into a shootout and win that game, they can win, they can win in so many different ways, they've won on their defense, they've won in a shootout, they've won in a, you know, ground and pound running style game, they can win in multiple ways, but first I just want the Niners to get there, I think we, we can play with and beat anybody, but I'd like to see I'd like to see the Titans pull it out, but I just don't see it happening. I, I mean, he wasn't stopped this season. He had five, sorry, four or five one hundred yard games and one two hundred yard game. Henry. Yeah, Henry did. So how do you? The last couple I, games he's gone off too. He's gone off against well, who did I don't even remember. Played last week, but when you played against the Patriots and he still had potential defensive player of the year on the Patriots defense. They still were able to run the ball consistently, run down the clock, and beat them. You have the Chiefs have to get the ball first to have a chance to win the game, because once they get in the zone, it's over. Because Derrick Henry, once he once he goes off for a couple, he can't be stopped, or hasn't been stopped yet. I still, I will be careful who I say is going to win this game because we're not going to bet anything else. But um, I still, <laughs> I still pick Tennessee. Because of Derrick Henry. Because you take him half of what he did. Take him half off from this team. They're nowhere near what they are. Tannehill played great. But he, this guy, I can tell for a minute, rushing into film title is the center of that offense. And Tennessee's going to win the game. But it's not going to be a high-scoring game. Because you know those playoff games that they won were not high-scoring games because they know because they ran the ball with Derrick Henry because he's the center of that offense. I mean, they've the Titans have come in, and it's like I'm saying they don't have a chance. But if you look at it, I mean, they beat New England. Nobody gave you know had very little love going into New England, taking them out, and then they they beat they, the Ravens. They beat the Ravens twenty eight to twelve. They shut them down. But here and that I mean, this is all for me. But the key in this game, obviously, we're gonna say is coaching. Mike Ver variable. 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 So I said that wrong. Whatever. I'll admit. But. <laughs> He should know how to play. He was drafted by New England about 10 or so years ago. Was traded to the Chiefs. And that pick and that player turned into Patrick Chung. Who knows? He's now playing for the New England Patriots. Well, he's sitting on the couch now. But he knows what to do, how to execute things. And I'm picking picking Tennessee. I'm sorry. Until Until they can stop him, which they have not all season... I don't see how teams are gonna. It's gonna be a lower scoring game because any time because since the, he's the the sorry the center of the football team, 
They win games, the but Chiefs are they're not high-scoring games. The Chiefs are going to score points. So Tennessee's got a chance. Like I said, they've got to have some. They've got to have some big plays. Henry has to go for about two hundred, and they're going to have to have some big plays in the passing game. Okay, the Chiefs are going to score. They have to get the ball first. Give Henry the ball. Run down the clock. Give Chiefs less time because one play and it's over. Because there was that one huge play. Uh, I think it was in the regular season or playoffs. Uh, yeah, regular season. It's about a sixty-five yard pass. Patrick Holmes threw it. The Tyreek kill and the way he jumped. There was like two or three defenders right. He he jumped up, got the ball. And dove. So in one or two plays, it's over. You got one of the fastest receivers in football. I'm still, but I don't care. Tennessee is going to win. It's a low scoring game, 20 to 14. Okay, so I got the Niners and the Chiefs. You're taking the Niners and, and the Titans. At least we can agree on one thing for once, unlike some people on sports shows. But no, Tennessee's going to win. We'll see. So lately, there's been, it's it's the off season for baseball. Usually, there's talk about you know what coaches are getting hired, what trades people are going to make. You know, some of the, the biggest free agents have been landed. There's talk of trades and all that. Bryant going to the Nationals, possibly all stuff. But who's been stealing the headlines? The Houston Astros. <laughs> what is going on in Houston from the time that they win a World Series, make it back to the World Series? to just a disaster right now. Disaster. And so they've got the biggest punishment ever handed down by Major League Baseball. The investigation said that there was definitely cheating, which if you've seen the videos, there's banging coming from the dugout, all kinds of stuff going on. Now it's getting down to electronic devices and, I mean, buzzers. This is getting crazy. But they got their first and second round draft picks for the next two years taken away. They were fined $5 million, which is chump change to a Major League Baseball team owner, but still it's the maximum fine allowed. Hinch and the GM, Lunau, were suspended for the entire season, so their owner came back five minutes later and said they're both fired. And so then after all that, it comes out that they're possibly using electronic buzzers to be told what pitches are coming at them. There's that in the... In the American League Championship Series, I believe it was, against the Yankees, walk-off home run by Altuve. He's rounding third base. He's coming home. The game's over. And he's holding his jersey. And he's saying, he's waving his finger at his teammates. Don't take my jersey off. Don't tear my jersey off. Why not, Jose Altuve? What you got under that jersey there, buddy? Man, I love Altuve. And if this is true, I, I mean... You steal signs, you're taking stuff, okay, that banging, come on, just keep it how baseball's been doing it forever. If you can figure out the signs, you figure out the signs. I don't really care about that. But if you're getting down to buzzers and all that, that is just blatant, taking love, taking cheating to an entirely new level, and that's cheap, and there should be some huge stuff happen. I mean, we're talking MVP taken away, trophies taken away. If this is true, which I hope it's not, but he's running home, he's waiting, don't take my jersey off. And he said after the game, the guy asked him, so you know, you're telling your teammates not to take your jersey off. And he said, yeah, I'm, I'm shy. I got in trouble with my wife last time that happened. Shut up! <laughs> Bullcrap! Is that? And then there was the video of him rounding third and when, before he waved his finger at his teammates, his jersey's flopping around. And there is this little piece of something that seemed to poke out from behind his jersey. And I was like, what is that? I was even showing my wife and I paused it and I'm like, what is that? What is that? And then 
All the teams going crazy. They're running out on the field. They're putting their AL championship shirts on. And Jose Altuve runs directly into the dugout, runs into the clubhouse, and comes back in with his shirt off. His teammates, or his championship shirt on, his jersey off. His teammates were all on the field taking their jerseys off, putting that championship shirt on, putting it on over their jerseys. Why did he need to run into the dugout all the way down into the clubhouse? Not just into the dugout. There was a stack of t-shirts that the, that the team was handing out right there. He went all the way down into the clubhouse to do this. And, man, disappointed if that's true. Cheater. <clears throat> that's... First of all, I try to get into baseball and maybe give it a chance because I know football really well. But when people, especially like Molly and Max and Stephen A. Smith, are saying that, oh, it's just a part of baseball in the sense that cheating happens all the time. I understand cheating happens in sports. We know that. But when it happens all the time, so much to where people think it's acceptable, it's like, I want to watch a sports game because they try their best. They work their ass off to try to win. You lose, you lose. But if you're just accepting cheating to a certain extent, it's like, what's the point of watching the game of baseball in the first place? Because it's not – and that's just – if you don't follow baseball and you watch it, it's not really cheating. If you can figure out the signs, no, I know figure then you out, figure out the signs. No, I'm Every not saying that they figure out the signs. I'm saying it. when they're helping you by doing what they're doing, then it's like, that's not cheating, that's a skill set. But when you do what they did, you should be stripped away of your title. I mean, my God, if let's say the owner didn't know, fine. You had the head coach and the GM, that is fired. Why aren't the players being investigated against? Obviously, there maybe there be... Or investigation, I don't know. But and then, when you run into the dugout when there are that many jerseys right there and all your other team, like you just said, I'll take the jerseys off, put it on the shirt, that does not look good for you. I don't have any proof, but that just doesn't look good for you, dude. Sorry, it's just it's Yeah, and the ripple the ripple effect from this has been crazy because Alex Cora, man, manager of the Boston Red Sox, they won their title two thousand eighteen, I believe. He gets fired. He was a part of the Astros organization during that time. So MLB says they're going to investigate him. The Red Sox fire him right away. Carlos Beltran has been the Mets manager for about a month. He was on the Astros when all this happened. So he gets fired. He didn't even get the chance to manage the team for a game. And so it's just been it's just been crazy. I mean, baseball just got over the, all, over the whole steroid scandal. And what I don't get is... Okay, Barry Bonds, he says he didn't. He used steroids. I'm a Giants fan, just like I'm a Niners fan, Bay Area. But he used, and he was incredible. Possibly the best baseball player ever before, before steroids. He didn't need to use steroids, but it was like he wanted to get that little advantage. He was getting older. He wanted to keep it going or something, whatever the reason is. But he was an incredible, incredible baseball player. And how <clears throat> Jose Altuve incredible player he doesn't need he didn't need to do this and so i just i just don't get it so baseball is getting over this whole story people are talking about baseball if you want to look for a positive to come out of all this people are talking about baseball when it's not usually you know not usually a topic of conversation at this time of the year but it's just not good you hardly ever see baseball talked about especially on first take and all these other you don't hear it all year and of course this happens it's like dude you no matter how much they find him that's the thing difference between MLB and NFL and NBA. They're all guaranteed contracts. These people are making crazy amount of money. So I, I mean, it sounds strict, but strip their title away. If there's if you find proof, 
Now, MLB, MLB, title. MLB if you don't earn that out. title, you shouldn't have had it in the first place. That's like saying if I apply for a job or I'm at that company and they're putting this CEO this or whatever available and I cheat my worst game and wait through it and I lie. Do, do I deserve that still? That position? No. They don't deserve that if they find proof that they're cheating us. It's unacceptable. They Well, they did say they were cheating, but... And I didn't even hear about the buzzers until after MLB's punishment was handed out. Mm-hmm. They said it's closed. Then this whole thing with the buzzers comes out. And then MLB made the statement that there was no proof of electronic devices being used during cheating. I didn't even hear about that until after MLB's punishment. So I don't really know when it all came. And MLB's stance, I believe, right now is it's over. We're not investigating anything else. And it all started from a tweet that came out that the girl said that she was Carlos Beltran's niece and that she wasn't going to stay quiet anymore and that they were using buzzers. And then the Beltran family came back and they said that they have no idea who that is. She is not a family member. And then that that Twitter account was closed. Money hungry. But, so it was just really weird how the punishment happened. I thought it was over. Okay, MLB can move on. And then all of a sudden this, and I'm like, what the heck? So, it's just crazy. I hope it's not true. Possibly was. There was a picture of J.J. Reddick in the post game after they beat the Yankees <clears throat> and he's wearing a tank top and there's a little wire going across his shoulder and he's got a piece of tape holding it on there. If they, if that was actually what they were using to cheat, how do you forget to take that off before you go on national, on national televised You gotta be post-game. careful when you're playing things. And so I don't know. And all I've seen is a the picture. There hasn't really been any discussion about that, but they weren't wearing headsets. It wasn't a wire going to his headset. It had nothing to do with the interview. But yet there was clearly a little wire and a piece of tape over it right there. And it was just like, what is that? What is it? I've never seen that on a baseball player out of the thousands of baseball games that I've watched. I've never seen that before. And the most of the focus has been on Jose Altuve because he wouldn't take his jersey off. There's that little thing flopping around by his chest. But what was that wire that Reddick was wearing? I don't know. So that's crazy. All right. So... The other sport going on right now, we could talk about any topic all day, but NBA. Milwaukee's still hot. Lakers are still hot. AD's been out, but the Lakers keep on rolling. Best record in the league, Milwaukee Bucks, 37 and 6. Lakers, 33 and 8. Denver's playing good. They've been playing a little bit better lately. Uh, they're 29 and 12. Clippers hanging around 29 and 13. Well, Victor Oladipo's about to make his. Uh start this year and I believe in a week so he's been out for about a year and he's a phenomenal player obviously was a was drafted by Oklahoma back in the day before Harden and then we're trading so he's about to make his uh start of the year that's gonna be really interesting to see you got injured last year what are you gonna do different this year because not every player is the same when they come back from injury so I will be really interested to see what Victor Oladipo does in his first start with the Pacers. Yeah, he's he was definitely when they they made a good run season before last, I believe, and he's he's the focus of that team, and yeah, so that'll be that'll be a good thing for the Pacers. They're twenty seven and fifteen, so not bad. They're still they're hanging around. They get him back. He's gonna you know be their best player immediately. He should be a lift for them. So that'll be a good thing for them. Clippers are playing better. They haven't been what everybody thought they were going to be, basically dominating the league. But Paul George was out for a bit. They got him back, and we're about to hit the halfway point here. And let me ask you something. Do you know who Alex Caruso is? 
Okay. Alex Caruso is a guy that does not look like an athlete. He's is now the number four or number five vote getter for the All-Star game. And for for his position. And but he, he's on the Lakers and he just does not look like an athlete. He's a white guy, he's got some he just needs to shave his head. He's got some patchy baldness going on. He's like in his twenties, does not look like an athlete. And this guy has some highlights of the season. If you put in the top 50 highlights of the NBA season right now, Alex Caruso probably has five of them. He, and he is, he's just a crowd favorite in LA and in LA, you're going to get the most all-star votes just because of the, the support that the Lakers have. But he's hilarious to watch. And he's actually a pretty dang good player, but it's pretty funny because he does not even look athletic at all. And he has these, he's had these huge dunks He's had some huge posterizing putbacks off of misses, and it's it's hilarious. And just to see where he's at in the all-star vote is pretty funny. There was, I believe, some wizard drama with the Washington Wizards. They're trying to figure out what John Wall needs to do this and that. Well, I'm sorry, but John Wall hasn't done anything in the NBA. He's one of those overrated players that can have some really good games, pad up the stats... He's a good player. He's good, good player or terrible system because he's never been in the NBA. Never won anything in his career. He's been injury prone. So how do we know about that? Don't they play with like Bradley Beal and he's his frustration? Like you want to win, you want to win. What about the last four or five years? You weren't winning anything. Why are you just now complaining about not winning? Where's that drive that you want to win? Obviously, there are some teams. There's some owners that are. Not so smart, but you're just now complaining about not winning. You haven't won anything in your career, and you're just now waiting to complain. What are you going to do about it? Play better or shut up? I mean, that's just I, that's why, just like with the Patriots dominance in the NFL. With what? With the Patriots old dominance in the NFL. <laughs> well, you keep complaining. Well, we don't want to see them in the Super Bowl. Play better or shut up or get better. Be smart. Because you're doing the same thing over and over like the Wizards are and expecting a different result. I believe John Wall was out. For like a year, and then it's just he's just he's a it's a brain. It's like beats. It's a brain name. Doesn't mean he's that good. All right, so with the about to get exciting in the NBA, like the second half of the season, you can start, you know, eliminating some of these fake teams that are up there. The real teams show themselves. I mean, we pretty will, much know who has a chance at the I NBA title. That. There's only there's only a handful of teams. Milwaukee Bucks have a chance. Lakers have a chance. I don't think Milwaukee Denver, has, I don't no think Denver has a chance. Milwaukee has no chance. Miami doesn't. They're ahead of the Clippers right now well, just because they have, they have one less One of their loss, main but... players for Miami is going to be out for a week or two and they have to reevaluate him. I can't remember what the player's name, but he's, he's injured again. For who? For Miami. So it's like... The, he... Miami, they're overall, they have the fourth best record right now and they don't have a chance. So I mean, when you're you... talking about who's got a chance to win it all this year, you're looking at the Bucks, the Lakers, the Clippers... Uh, Houston can get hot and put up a ton of points, but they're... But what is hard to do in the playoffs? You're going to tell me also that the Bucks have a chance. Giannis got exposed last year. I don't care if you have the best record. Best record does not mean you are the best team in the NBA. Like I said last week, when Kawhi was with the Clip... Or, sorry, Raptors the year before, they had only 58-59 wins, and they still won the championship. Just be, The record does not deflect how good the Clippers are. The 29-13. Yeah, they have 13 losses. But it does not matter if you have 45 wins or 52. If you get to the championship and win it, they're going to forget about all this when it's all said and done after the season. Of course. 
<clears throat> and the Clippers, their defense is what makes them solid. They've got, I mean, Paul George and and Kawhi Leonard are just locked down. And so you get into a series, the Clippers are going to be hard to beat. So I really think the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Bucks, one of those three teams are going to be the last one standing. Well, with uh, the Lakers, yeah, they're number one in the West, but Le- LeBron does when he has plays around them. They start really well, you know, halfway to the season, but they pay really well, but once towards the end of the season, they start to kind of slow down. So I expect them to go down to what? Number three, number four spot. The Clippers are number three. They're going to keep climbing up. In their last 10 games, they're 7-3. The Nuggets are good, but they're not going to be a contender with the Lakers, the Jazz, and the Clippers. And I had this prediction last year for this coming up NBA season right now. The Mavericks are going to be a dark horse playoff team. Even Luka, if KD Luka is, out, is He is a freak. And anybody, especially Skip Bayless, keeps disrespecting him. I'm like, dude... I don't know how Mark Cuban yeah, does it. He, he said he's not he's not special. And I'm like, dude, the kid is 22 years special. old, and he's put he's doing what he's doing in his second year in the NBA. He's he's pretty dang special, man. He is not just about stats, but what he brings to the team. Because if he wasn't on that team right now, they would probably have a losing record. You can have other role players all you want, but that only gets you so far. Of course, what the Clippers did last year. So. Stop disrespecting him. He's a phenomenal player. I just I agree. I don't. But I don't, I don't think they got a chance to. They don't have a chance to win at all. They need some additional pieces. And the Lakers, you got do. you got Antonio Davis. You've got Dwight Howard, who is actually if the All Star voting ended right now, Dwight yeah, Howard's an All Star. And Kyle Kuzma. Ja, JaVale McGee. Kyle and Kyle Kuzma. He's I think we iffy. talked about he's we talked iffy. about it. Last week, but he's just he's just starting to come around. He put up thirty six points the other night, season high. He's he's actually stayed on the floor. He was missed the beginning of the season, and he came back, and then he missed a couple games. He's back, so he's played. This is his longest stretch this year, and he's starting to come around. And you had it, you had him in that mix. It's hard to play around the rim with the Lakers because they've always got two big guys in there. Whether it's Howard and Anthony Davis, Javale McGee, Dwight Howard, it's hard to score around the rim. They're leading the league in blocks and. They just, you know, they've they've got a solid defense too. So that's why the the Western Conference Finals is going to be the Clippers and the Lakers, depending on how you know if they don't have to play before that, and that's that's going to be a fun series. The Rockers, they don't neither one of them has to leave home. You don't have to exactly. worry about a home Plus, court advantage. The they're all sleeping at home. They're playing. It's just a matter of them swapping the floor out. It's oh going to say Clippers or Lakers. That's going to be but a fun the series. Rockets have no chance. They maybe get to the first round and lose. I say I understand that you had Westbrook and Harden play together with the Thunder. But they didn't play together all season. With those two ball-dominant players and their personalities, I've always won the ball. Russell Rusberg got that MVP, had that triple-double two years in a row. That with Harden trying to score 50, 60, 70 points to try and elevate their team when they're down. That personality alone is not going to work. Because we both know it's just that personality is not going to work from 26 and 14. But in your last 10 games, you're 5-5. Five and five. And the West is... A, is Probably the toughest division this year you have. Oh, for sure. In the top eight, all of those teams have winning records. 2022, Thunder, the Mavericks, the Rockets for now, the Jazz, Clippers, and Nuggets. But out of all those eight, only three or four of those teams maybe are going to be contained. Rockets, it's not going to happen. I don't know why people think that that combination is going to work personality-wise. It's just, it doesn't work. They're both ball-hungry. You can't have that on a team. Can you imagine in their prime... All of them, if they would have kept James Harden, 
to me, Westbrook and Durant all together. That to me was the most devastating story. That and the RG three situation, the most two devastating story in sports, in my opinion, since I've been alive of all time. Because you had him, you also they drafted uh, Victor Oladipo. See, if you had Victor Oladipo coming off the bench. Arden and all those guys that you're talking about, they would have been a phenomenal team. They were in the finals against the Heat in 2012, I believe. So that would have been an awesome thing for to happen because Harden won sixth man of the year, too. I think he won 16, 17 points off the bench. Yeah. That yeah, would that, have been phenomenal. Been... But I think about it all the time, but it's if and it's, it's just not going to happen, sadly. So. Can you believe that Odell Beckham Jr. has the audacity in a football locker room to slap a security guard on the butt? (laughs) Seriously, I cannot believe they made that a story. Like, this guy looked like he was starting for trouble if you look at his face. You're going to tell me you're going to make a case out of him slapping your butt. You got nothing else better to do. Are you seriously that money hungry? Because they're making the case. They're putting on ESPN and First Take. There are more better stories right now than a freaking guy slapping a security guard on the ass. You have no power or authority. Shut your mouth. There's absolutely no reason why they should have a case out of this. I mean, and then now you decide to drop the case? Of course, you weren't going to freaking charge him. What is he going to do? He's a millionaire. What you, like, it's not like he's going to lose all his money and then go live back with his mom or dad. Whatever. There's absolutely no reason why it should have been a case. It's overdrawn. I can't believe that made... The news. That's just freaking stupid. Actually, when I when I got that notification, I could just laugh. I was like, "For real? Isn't there, isn't there something else that we got to be covering?" When uh, the media does not like a certain player, they will always find little things to belittle and make him less worse than he actually is. That shouldn't have been a story. Well, okay, then the wall. I'll say I flipped a book and it looked like James Harden. Is that a story? I mean, if we're gonna just blow stories out of freaking nowhere, might as well just make something up. He just slapped the security guard on the butt. Oh, the security guard is the one that made it a story by pressing charges, and then I get the update. Arrest warrant issued, issued for OBJ, and I was like, Dude, what? I had to send it to you. About? I thought, I was like, right before I was going to send it to you, send it to the thing, because <laughs> that should not have been a story in the first place. And I get, you're pressing tar- an arrest warrant for an ass slapper. Like, like, I've seen some stupid people sue for stupid things. That is the dumbest thing I've seen. At least, at least he came to his senses and dropped it. So he says, "Man, security guys don't make that much money." So, dude. All right. So I was on Instagram the other day, and you know how I am keeping up with the sports news. And I see Antonio Brown's going live. Antonio Brown's going live. Antonio Brown's going live. I keep saying this over and over. What the absolute bleep is he doing? So I go on there. And I'm like, "Are you freaking serious? You're the same guy that tells your kids that you love them." Then you're making a music video in the house with a bunch of half-naked women and twerking in a heavily altitude song talking about, hey, you have all this money. You're telling your kids on Instagram Live with your guest men, tell them, you're telling the kids, hey, I love you. And then you go back to cussing at the baby mama. It got so bad that the cops are being called. Those guest men don't give anything about you at all. They're only with you because of your money. And then, of course, you have your dumbass followers on Instagram Live saying, yeah, well, Tony Brown, put him in his place. For what? You can't be civilized with a baby mom. If you don't like her, fine. Be civilized in front of your kids. You're teaching your kids. If you have a lot of money, you can get away with whatever the freaking heck you want. 
That is unprofessional. You're cussing in front of your four or five year old kids and then arguing with the baby mama. He has clear signs of CTE. It's 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 crazy. I'm not excusing what he should not be playing in the NFL. People are like, oh, this should just move on. And he's not gonna play in the NFL. And here's the thing, what I just saw, there were texts leaked from him and Drew Rosenhauer saying and Tony Brown was saying, We're done, bro. You know it's over. And then Drew Rosenhauer saying, I'm trying to help you, A B always have and always will. I'll always be here to help you, but you have to make changes for me to do so. I'm not going to comment on this. I will always, I will always speak positively of you, but I can't help you if you won't listen to my advice. I will still help you with the grievances versus the Patriots and the Raiders, even if I'm not on your agent. I will always try to help you. This sounds like a great human being. He's trying to be there for you. And then you say, they try to tell you they help you when you're paying them. You just said it's over. So he's not paying them. He dropped you. So you're like saying it is over, but even though I'm not your agent and he's still telling you that I want to be there for you, you need those kind of people in your life because you have those yes men, it's not going to work. He's already not complaining in the NFL again. He's just making it worse. It's just ridiculous. It makes you mad because it's like you're telling you're, you're being a terrible father. You're not a figure for nobody. You're a coward. You could have waited till begin the season, got 15-20 guaranteed, and then you could have moved on. But no, you got to be so damn stubborn. It makes me mad that you're telling your kids you love them, and you cuss for the big mom, and it got bad that the cops called. And you send a text to the accuser. So. I mean, just the talent that he has, and if you look at where he was two or three years ago, and then it's just, it's the little snowball that turned into an avalanche for Antonio Brown real quick. And it's he's got something wrong in his head. Dude, that's, all, that's all there is to it. He's not right. Pro receiver. He's obviously the best. Well, he's not playing right now, but... When he was in the NFL, he was the best in the NFL at his position. What I don't get is, how is Mike Tomlin, how was he able to handle Antonio Brown for nine years? I guarantee when Antonio Brown was there first, he didn't start. He was a six-round pick. You had Emmanuel Sanders and I can't remember who she had for the receiving court. But Antonio Brown wanted to start, wanted to get paid. So they shipped him off, Emmanuel Sanders, to Denver Broncos. You wanted to get paid, you got paid in 2017. Two years later, you want more money and you're complaining, fine. You get what you want over and over, like a freaking five-year-old. Then you want a trade. You get a trade to the Raiders. And then you have that press conference saying that you're going to be a better example and a better man showing up to practice. Then you have something wrong with your freaking foot. You call you call out the GM, I call him a cracker, whatever. But you shouldn't, first of all, if you don't like somebody, shut your mouth and do your job. He couldn't even do that. I've seen five-year-olds that I've worked with that are more mature than him. Like You could have had 15-20 alone. And not have to play a single regular season game. You couldn't even do that. And John Gruden was behind him the whole time. The amount of money that he just straight threw away. And he's not going to have the chance to recoup any of that. Because he's not going to. I mean, nobody's going to take on that. No. That attention right now. And just have to deal with the headache that he's proved he's going to be regardless. So Just as an agent. Or not even just as a person. He's still wanting to help Antonio Brown. And you're pushing him away. When you keep pushing those people away. You're going to have nobody. So it's just not gonna happen. Yep. Done. So tonight, I'm pretty excited for Cowboy and McGregor. That's gonna be McGregor hasn't fought in over a year. Oh, that's Sorry. well over well over a year. He had the instant yeah. that bar fight and like punched that guy. So oh, he yeah, well, fight. I mean the UFC fight. <laughs> yeah, sure. Been a while. He's so had he's had some fights, but not really a fight. You just cold cock somebody in a mm-hmm. bar because they won't drink your whiskey you're buying for him. But that is. I mean, McGregor needs to make a statement here. And 
Cerrone is older, and he's actually... McGregor is 5'9", Cerrone is 6'1", but McGregor has a one-inch reach advantage, which is pretty interesting. He's just got... He's got those long arms, but... And Cerrone, sometimes you don't really know which guys... He's always going to show up, and he's always going to give his all, but some one fight he'll dominate, and the next fight I think he's going to win because he's on a roll, and he just can't get nothing going, and so... I think McGregor's going to win this fight, possibly first-round knockout. McGregor needs to come in. He needs to make a statement. And Cerrone is susceptible to just getting dominated early. And so I see I see McGregor taking this fight pretty quick. There's not a lot of other great fights on the card, and usually that's how the UFC works it. Once in a while, they'll have just have a stacked card, which is awesome. This one, they know they're going to sell it with McGregor, so the other fights on there are not as... It's not as loaded, but... It'll be a good night of fights capped off with McGregor knocking Cerrone out. I hope I hope that I'm wrong. I would love to see Cowboy pull it out. I just don't see it happening. McGregor's going to be fresh. He's training hard. It's his first fight back. He needs to come in. They need to set up the rematch with Khabib, and McGregor has to get this taken care of, and I think the UFC gave him a fight that he can win just to get back in the, get back in the column, get W column, get back in the conversation. And it's gonna be fun though. I hope I hope Cowboy can pull something out. I'd love McGregor just to get shut down. He's good for the UFC. He's fun to watch. I would love to see a Diaz McGregor three just to settle that whole thing. I think Diaz is just a better fighter and would take him out again. But there, the Khabib rematch will be the first lineup if he gets the win tonight. Diaz would still be lingering. D- the Diaz brothers have an incredible following, and they're both. You know, Nate, Nick, you haven't seen in a long time. He's done, but he was fun to watch. Nate is the same way. They just go in and they give everything they have and they're smart. They've got, they hit hard. Their jujitsu is just incredible. And so hopefully, uh, and that's one of the reasons I want McGregor to do good. He'll, there'll be this fight, there'll be the Khabib rematch, and then there'll be the Diaz rematch in the future. Hopefully, I'd love to see that. Talking about that type of fight, he's looking for his first win since 2016 when he had that loss by submission in the fourth round against what you talked about, Khabib. This Conor McGregor's name alone sells very well because of his personality. But I just, I don't know much about UFC, but I don't, I don't see McGregor winning. I just, I don't know much about it, but if you haven't had your first win since 2016, you can train all you want, but I don't see how he's going to win. Oh, you can eat. But I definitely... I mean, and that's the UFC with one. Both, you can think one person's going to dominate, and then there's a, you know, there can be a lucky... I mean, it's it's hard hitting. It could be one punch knockout. But I think overall, Cerrone is... He's gone up and down. He gets a little bit older. You think he's on a roll. He's finally going to get a title shot again. And then he loses a fight that he shouldn't have lost. And so he could he could show up and he can take it. But I think McGregor's actually going to catch him in the first round, just come in on fire and knock him out in the first round. So... We will see. That's going to wrap it up for today. So thanks for hanging out. Send us a voice message on Anchor if you let us know who you think is going to take these upcoming games or if there's anything you'd like us to add in here. So take care. And until next week. Thanks, Blockbuster, for the sponsorship. (laughs) Thank y'all. Y'all have a good week.